So John's got Jesus in Jerusalem for a couple of Passovers. We're headed for a big Passover here in a couple of weeks. In the meanwhile, along comes a storm. Monsignor Christopher is the pastor of St. Jane de Chantel. Do you know where that is? Yeah. He told me once, this has got to be 40 years ago, maybe 30 years ago. He said, we have a $10,000 a year contract to trim our trees. Good morning. I thought that was an exorbitant number at the time, and then I looked around at these incredible trees on the property of Jane DeChantel and said, maybe $10,000 is not that incredible amount to spend on tree trimming. How many of you had a tree fall on your property? Anybody have a tree fall? Good morning. Good morning. I um, didn't go out on Friday. I had to do a funeral once of some people who were killed by a falling branch. I take these wind things pretty seriously. I stayed in and watched a huge branch fall out of Glover Park onto two cars in the backyard of our parking lot and went downstairs and the manager came in. She just bought a new Subaru and she had parked her car on Friday on her brand new Subaru, she got a branch, boom, smack dab on the top of it. About a month ago, we replaced a tree that was dying so it wouldn't destroy an apartment, a very nice apartment, I might add. The two folks who were sitting in the window back there have, we didn't want it to fall towards the building. I want to tell you about dead trees and dead branches. A great metaphor, yes? the kind of stuff you might be carrying around. There's another metaphor that goes with us. We didn't even know about this pine tree in the front yard along Cathedral Avenue. Whoosh, right over. Thank God it went towards the grass and not towards anybody. Roots. How are your roots? Are you rooted and grounded? Have you built your house on a strong foundation? Are you rooted and grounded in God's love in Torah? How much stuff do we need to trim? How much stuff do we need to take down? That's what this Lenten season, this discipline of prayer, of fasting, and of almsgiving is all about. But you've got to be able to name it. Now, understand where this Torah comes from, this way. That's literally what Torah means, right? You got it? This is a way. We see it as the way. Understand that book of Exodus, what do we got? Good morning, I'm asking questions. These are not rhetorical. What's going on in Exodus? This is the third Sunday of Lent. You should know a little bit about the book of Exodus. What's going on in the book of Exodus? We're chapter two in the book of Exodus. The reading you just heard. How does God identify God's self? I am the God who brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. Got it? Don't forget that. That's key. Why? Because Egypt had gods. And every other country had gods. 
Good morning. This is about 3,300 years. Everybody had their own gods. The gods are competing. The god of Egypt, there were all kinds of signs and things and little things that people worshipped. You remember the calf? Remember the calf in the desert? All these things become kind of superstitious things. These folks in the temple that Jesus is driving out, they're all selling indulgences. Well, they're selling things that will get you indulgences, right? How do you barter with God? How do you get back with God? How do you get on the right side of God? All this is going on. In the middle of all this, in the desert, comes a gift. God's gift. It's for a nation, and it comes from a mountaintop, and it comes on high, and it comes down to the folks, and the folks say, yeah, we're going to go with this. It's a very distinctive vision of the way we should conduct ourselves. It's complete. You think it's 10. It's really about 626, if you really want to look at it. But these 10 are the biggies. I mean, this is the heart and soul of Torah. And unlike my father who feared the police because they were, he was going to get pulled over for disobeying a law, it's not that kind of thing. It's a guide. It's a way to live life. It is an invitation to the fullness of life. These commandments, these ten, if you will, ways, things that you need to look at, You've used individually for an examination of conscience. Yes? Good morning. Just checking in. Just check. You look at this individually. Kids look at it individually. First confessions. It's wonderful. You know what happens when kids come to confession? They tell their own sins, but they also tell something else. Do you have any idea what you hear when you listen to kids? You hear something that's very evident if you know anything about family systems. When you hear the confession of children, you hear about their behavior and the behavior of their siblings, good morning, and the behavior of their parents, good morning, We're not going to go to church tomorrow because we're going to visit friends over in Virginia. And sometimes we don't get to church on Sunday because, and a variety of reasons. You get all that. It's a wonderful peep into the locked doors of these beautiful homes, some of which have lots of branches in the front yard this morning, right? There are a lot of branches inside, too. Fallen branches, a little dead stuff. That's all good. Time to trim. In Jewish religion, the whole thing about the covenant was we examined our consciences over against the covenant. Not just individually, but collectively. 
We did it in families. There's a reason why we call families, I can see families here, little churches, ecclesiola. My guess is that relatively few of you as a family have looked at Torah and examined with children and adults, grandparents, parents, and kids, how you're doing with the way. Guess what Lent is? Lent is an invitation for families to come together and look at Torah. What I told them on their way out, I was going to suggest to you, is that you all set aside some time this week to look at the first reading and to see how you're doing with the commandments, not just individually, but collectively and together. And that together, you might resolve to do better. And this goes for the convent too, sisters. Together, you all get together and look at Torah together. Good morning, not just the charisms of the foundress, but rectories, me, with my little colleagues and cohorts coming together and look at Torah and see how we're doing. Why? Because Jesus recognized top-down wasn't working. We're going to do this bottom-up. And that's why he comes into the temple and basically decimates everybody that's using the temple for superstitious kinds of practices or holding people in poverty, holding something over people in poverty. You've got to have a certain amount of money to get here or get this kind of dove or get this kind of thing that you're going to sacrifice. And Jesus says, it's all you know what. The only thing that's important is get this way together. Get it together in your family. Get it together in your country. Get it together in your nation, too. It's got those impacts. So you could examine yourselves how you're doing in your family. You could also examine how you're doing at school and on the job and in retirement and in your vocation and how you're doing in the participation in a larger society. But I'd be satisfied if you just look this week how you're doing with one another. The gods were competing. This god of ours puts together a way. It is very distinctive. It's not like any other nation. It doesn't take much, does it, to jump to the front page of the evening news and to look at three nations that seem to be crowding, maybe four, seem to be crowding the airwaves and understand what a distinctive way it is that we are called to. Good morning. This is a very distinctive way. This is not a way that depends on a bigger arsenal or lots of weapons or lots of talk. This is a very distinctive, different sort of way. Take some time with it. It's Exodus. It's the first reading. And when you're done with that, I got a little prayer for you to say. <clears throat> it's the canticle of Isaiah. 
can't read this until you look at Torah in your own relationships. This is Isaiah 2. It's the very beginning of the second chapter of the book of Isaiah. In days to come, Isaiah says, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that that God may instruct us in his ways and we may walk in God's paths. For from Zion shall go forth instruction. The word of the Lord from Jerusalem, he shall judge between the nations and impose terms on peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not raise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. What is foolish? What is wise? 